ladies and gents what is up welcome back to the get to know podcast so episode two we're still going to just go through kind of like the fundamentals and as we'd spoken about like we do have plans to go into a lot more detail in particular topics but it would be very like unjust for us to not go through this and just kind of highlight the the basics the importance and maybe some like nuance with regards like how you set up your diet um but again we're trying to keep this relatively informal and just kind of make sure you're you're taking the taking the main boxes um and that you don't lose sight of the forest looking at the trees which is a which is a pretty cool analogy um so yeah as i said today we're gonna go uh, we're going to go through nutrition um so initially what does a nutritional setup look like when you get a client on board alex what are the main things that we are looking for when we're trying to construct something for them so for me personally it would be like where are they currently at what do they look like have they had any previous understanding about tracking do they currently track uh, what phase are we looking to move into? What is the overall objective? Um, and what do they prefer to do? Um, I think we've had a conversation previously with ourselves about utilizing uh, diet plans uh, over utilizing macros. I'm more macro-based as a coach. Um, I very much prefer that. And I like people to become autonomous in their own right using macros Um rather than becoming reliant. Um, I know you have a different opinion on that. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, uh, I like I like that approach um, because it's like, I've had people before where we've run with, say for example, a diet plan. Um, and then once that goes, what happens next? It's like that, that completely falls, like they've completely fall to shit in, in some respects. And I like, I like the idea that people are, staying in control and they have autonomy and they know okay well once we've dialed back or once we're pushing up i know exactly what it is that i need to do in order to adjust my macros accordingly rather than being 100 reliant on your coach for example yep 100 so it comes down to kind of developing self-efficacy and understanding like right what does your body need at any given point in time um and yeah, like tracking is essentially just a tool for you to develop that understanding of your current food intake. The reason why I would typically kind of start people off with more of a meal plan and still give them the macros that they have that like allowance or that adaptability, um, because that's what's going to serve them over long term. But initially getting people on board, getting them to see results. It's, again, it depends on who they are, where their starting point is, what their current knowledge base is. But we need to make sure that, like they have that they're able to do this accurately because we need to remember like tracking and flexible dieting and all these things. It's a skill and you don't just like pick it up from day one. So kind of like some graded exposure of like, right, here's your meal plan stick with this for a while we start seeing some progress we start seeing some results and then maybe you start to switch a few foods that are kind of isocaloric or have the same calorie or macronutrient value um and it's kind of like building up that repertoire that bank of different foods and that understanding of your allowances over time that allows you to be a little bit more flexible um but again it does kind of come through that trial and error period whereas a lot of the people we'll work with are typically very busy and like they don't want to have to spend 20 to 40 minutes a day on my fitness pal of like yeah. oh if i change this how does that affect my daily total and so on so 
that's where the kind of like the dichotomy comes in of right your meal plan is going to give you structure which is probably what most people need straight out the gate when they go from the gen pop um kind of area into like right we, we want to start making some physique based progressions um most of the time it is that structure and routine that they need to nail down so it's kind of giving them that and then showing them how to potentially manipulate things over time sure i, uh, I think it's the, the, the structure as well to some degree uh which you have to think about what are they going to be most adherent to yeah. Um, ultimately, it wouldn't be, um, as I say, it wouldn't be my number one choice to give them a meal plan. But if that means that they will get more structure and they will be adherent to it, um, then my, I most definitely will. Like, there's some clients that I've had in the past, some present, where macros just simply do not work. And that becomes apparent very quickly if you're in a diet phase and somebody's not losing weight. And it's like, okay, do you do your steps? Yeah, I do my steps. Do you do your workout? Yeah, I work out. Do you do your cardio? Yeah, I work out. Okay, well, your nutrition. Oh, nutrition's great. And it's okay. But is it though? So it's like, okay, I'm just going to switch this around. I'm going to give you a diet plan based on the macros I've got. Uh, and let's see where it is that we go. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> there's a huge drop off. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> that's yeah. that's where the problem was. That's the thing. And it's, it's not that like it's always being um consciously manipulated or skipped out on or someone's like taking the piss with it a lot of this does happen on a subconscious level as i said when someone is new to this they don't really they might be accidentally tracking cooked weight versus thinking they're tracking uncooked weight you know what i mean so the or vice versa so like these things it's not as if there's like any malicious intent and they're trying to kind of you know give an inch take a mile what's more what's more than likely to happen there is just kind of a lack of experience and like when you say oh yeah my food's good my food's accurate by what kind of metric you know what i mean if we don't have a quantitative metric we're forced to use a qualitative or subjective metric of like oh yeah it's good and like the analogy that often comes to mind and i say the same thing with sleep is like have you seen um is daddy's daycare yeah. where like the kid goes in to take a piss he comes out and he's like, oh, I missed. And then Eddie Murphy goes in and he's like, what do you mean you missed? He's like, I missed. So he looks up and there's fucking piss everywhere. It's on the ceiling, on the walls. <laughs> but by that kid's metric, that was miss. You know what I mean? That was just, that was his uh, subjective metric of missing. Whereas for Eddie or for a grown-up, that's a fucking disaster. That's my <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, same thing with, with sleep, where someone's like, oh, yeah, my sleep's fine. What, what, by what metric? You know what I mean? So um, we want to think of these things like if you haven't had really good sleep or if you haven't had really high level of accuracy and consistency with your food, then what are you scaling your, your feedback off? Mm. That makes sense. I know it's kind of an, like an abstract way to think about things, but um, again, numbers don't lie. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, that's, yeah, go ahead. I think that it just comes down to is like your ability to track and the ability of, of being aware and, and the want to track um, and wanting to track and wanting to actually know what's in, in going into your body as an input um, is part and parcel of the, of the battle, especially when it comes to some kind of clients. Some clients like the ease of it is like, oh, just a little bit of this. And it's like, okay, well, what's, what's a little bit, you know, like a little bit of olive oil and they're putting like 50 mil on. It's like, <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite a lot of calories right there. You know, it's like, oh yeah, but it's good for you. And I'm like, mm, okay, questionable, but okay. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's all of that, like 
anything that goes into your mouth you need to track uh, to some degree um and then the, the, the sooner you can get on board with that 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 thought process the easier it becomes like i personally eat exactly the same foods every single day that's mm. out of preference unless i have an off-plan meal um and then my off-plan meal doesn't get tracked and i don't i don't really even think about it but my goals right now are to put on weight that's fine um if i'm in a diet phase i'm definitely not allowed an off-plan meal you know so it's kind of like i have to have that that um that discipline you know and it's, it, it does come down to discipline ultimately at the end of the day about how much you want your ultimate goal yeah and i think that's an important point that you mentioned in terms of like your actual want to track and you're wanting to track to develop your understanding so that you can then make these adjustments and then say okay now i know because i've tracked this food that this totals around this many calories these macros and how does that affect the rest of my day um Whereas I think a lot of people is kind of like, oh, I have to track because I was told to track. And like, no, you're doing so and you're any adjustments that you make, you're trying to work within this target. And something that's kind of popped up recently, like this is something I would have considered like common practice or just like common knowledge is like to pre-plan your food, not like days and all in advance, but like maybe when you're getting used to it and you don't have that skill level or that competence to make adjustments on the fly throughout the day to put your food in ahead of the day so that you know kind of like right i can make these adjustments and if these totals don't add up what foods should i change whereas i find like some people they track throughout the day they finish their last meal they put that in like oh i missed <laughs> and it's like oh shit i went over by 50 carbs i went under by fucking 50 protein whatever it is and it's like no like you should probably do that early in the day so you know what your last meal is you know what i mean it's kind of like your financial budget these this is what you have to spend for the day map that out accordingly same thing with like your monthly budget um yeah. and but then that just, just them up. that just comes down to like overall structure and the ability to miss it's like when a client says to me it's like oh i'm like a 50 carb uh, 50 carb under and like 50 protein over and i'm like that's a lot and it's like from my personal perspective it's like what is the remit that we can miss by i'd love to see a zero yeah. <laughs> like that would be in an idyllic world that would be fantastic but i usually say five five to t five to ten maximum either way yeah. um there, there's a, there's an ability to have flexibility in that it doesn't have to be complete rigidity mm. but in order to have some kind of control over yourself um and actually create that pattern of behavior then having a, a, some element of scale, that's fine. Yeah. And obviously there's going to be a larger kind of standard deviation or a larger kind of um, dartboard to throw at in terms of like your accuracy when you start off. And then it's refinement over time and getting that a little bit more accurate. So you might say, right, in the first few weeks, first few months of coaching, when we're going through this experimental period of you getting better at tracking, we're going to aim for around over or under 10 grams of carbs or protein and maybe within five grams over or under on fats you know what yeah. I mean? so that, that could be a, a ballpark figure that you work with over the next few weeks and months we're like right we're going to narrow that scope we're going to get a little bit more accurate we're now looking at five grams over or under for protein and carb maybe two to three for fats you know what i mean yeah. so we're, kind of, we're narrowing that scope and developing our accuracy um and i think that's probably the, the kind of the best way to go um and I think ultimately the, the rationale for 
people who don't know the, the rationale for lowering the fats and getting that that scope of fats closer is because fats cost more. Both of them, yeah, they, they, they are worth more essentially. So it's nine grams uh, per fat. Uh, no, nine grams. one gram of fat is, yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to do a quick little run through of like macros? Because I know we've, we've talked about it here. Um, yeah. So yeah, like, like your, your calorie budget are made. This is just going to be a very, very brief synopsis and hopefully a lot of people will already know this. But like your calories are going to be made up of proteins, carbs and fats. Proteins and carbs are four grams of four calories per gram each. So four calories per gram of protein, four calories per gram of carb, and then fats are nine calories per gram. So there's more calories per gram of fat, more calorie density, um, which is, as Alex said, is why we want to kind of keep that a little bit more narrow, a little bit more accurate. Um, basic roles of each, again, we're not going to go into excessive detail. Protein is pretty much supporting recovery, repair, Enzymatic processes, a load of other things like skin and health as well. It's not just muscle tissue. It's really the building blocks of your body itself. A lot of the structural components are based off amino acids, um, which is what makes up a protein. Um, carbohydrate is going to be your main fuel substrate. And then fats can also be used as fuels, but they're also um, precursors for like hormone synthesis and so on as well. So um the way we typically kind of aim to set that up is around say between 1.8 to 2.2 grams of protein per kilo body weight. And it was a pretty fair point to start. Um, maybe 30% of your calories from fats and then maybe the remainder from carbohydrates. Something along those lines is going to be scope either way. And a lot of what underpins your success with nutrition is going to be your adherence and what you can stick to over time. So um, that's probably something that we will get into afterward but um for now you wanted to talk about some nutrient time and stuff so recovery recovery yeah yeah so in in terms of um like a re recovery aspect um i think a lot of people always just want to go i just want to push my calories right down um and ultimately the 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 element there that you're missing is is that once you're pushing your calories down you're, if you're pushing, for example, protein down, uh, your ability to create protein synthesis, et cetera, and actually build tissue is completely downregulated. Like it's, it's suboptimal. Uh, even in the maintenance phase, for example, like you're suboptimal in your ability to build tissue uh, and you're, you're, you're most optimal in your situation where we're in a, we're in a calorific surplus. Um, and in terms of like a, a recovery perspective, we want to be making sure that we're getting enough substrate and enough food into our bodies uh, to be able to build tissue because ultimately we're here for hypertrophy at the end of the day, right? <laughs> uh, we're not here to get skinny. Um, so we, we don't want that. So we want to be able to provide ourselves with enough food to be able to fuel ourselves in terms of energy, so carbohydrates and fats, uh, and then build enough tissue, uh, lean tissue mass from, uh, from, from protein, for example. Yeah. Perfect. Um, some kind of nuance towards that we'd probably say is like base most of your carbohydrates, not most, but just have a bias of them around the, the training window and it does seem to show pretty continuous um, positive effect in terms of like performance and recovery as well, uh, just due to upregulation of glute 4 translocation, blah, 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 a load of science shit. Um, protein kind of wants space out relatively even throughout the day. Yeah. Um, and 
what else so yeah another consideration to have is like as you're moving protein up like protein is going to be very satiating which basically means it's going to pro- provide a good bit of fullness it's going to stave off hunger a good bit so that's why typically you'll see people move that up a little bit more maybe towards the tail end of a diet phase um but then also just the fact that um protein is also a little bit more thermically demanding so it has four calories per gram but your body breaks it wastes energy trying to take energy from protein um so it's going to it's basically not going to be as efficient as a fuel source which is good if you're looking at it from a fat loss perspective so that's why we typically or potentially move things upward from protein intake as the diet uh, prolongs and then on the other side of the same coin we have potentially pulling protein down slightly as we get to peak kind of um calorie intake so to facilitate increased carbohydrate consumption we might pull down slightly on protein. Now, it doesn't have to be anything significant because you're going to have enough fuel there that like your protein demands kind of drop off. You know what I mean? Because you're going to have so much carbohydrate that you don't need to get any energy from protein because it's all going to be there through the carbohydrate intake. So they're just a few considerations. And then obviously pulling back 50 grams of protein, like what's easier to... To, to eat is like 250 grams of chicken or a bagel you know what i mean it's like the satiety and the digestive component is huge there and that can take a that can be a massive factor in terms of someone's ability to get the calories in mm. yeah and it's um it's, it's the element of the what am i going to say here the the the, the 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 protein's overall effect on on you especially when you're pushing down calories you're going to have to lose protein as you as you push down. So even though we want to, in an idyllic sense, um, keep protein high, we want to drive. We're going to have to drive that that down to some degree in order to keep uh, carbohydrates and fats high, which is going to benefit innate performance. Because if we're not uh, we're not performing well in the gym, we're not pushing numbers, we're not uh, still hitting or at least maintaining our logbook you're going to lose irrespective of having a high protein level. Does that make sense? So um, irrespective of having to put down calories and irrespective of protein being protective in some respects uh, of, of tissue, it, it doesn't make a difference. You're going to have to drive that down at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like the other side of, of what I had said. And that's probably something I overlooked is like protein still contains calories and yeah. If you're just on protein and you don't have the carbohydrates, you don't have the fuel substrate to train or maintain tissue, then no amount of protein is going to keep that there. You know what I mean? So, um, again, it's kind of context dependent for the individual in front of you. Um, something we brought up earlier, I was just briefly mentioned there, was free meals. So how does that look for you? You mentioned about in your off-season, trying to gain weight now. Um, what kind of setup do you find works best for yourself and for clients um from free meals cheat meals whatever so it's person specific person specific uh, and, and dependent i think a lot of nutrition is person specific and dependent like what worked for me wouldn't essentially work for somebody else um for, for cheat meals it's like be smart <laughs> a cheat meal is not going and eating a fucking a buffet and a banquet or you can eat chinese like every single week and filling your plate and having five plates that isn't a cheap meal in my in my eyes you know and i don't you know having having cheap meals so to speak is like 
that terminology for me doesn't really sit well. It's more like an off-plan meal, something that's not tracked. So it's a meal. And I think by having a, and, and, and calling it a meal or an off-plan meal, it down-regulates the size. <laughs> so it's like a cheap meal. It's like, I'm going to go fucking wild. Uh, and it's that psychology that's along the words. It's like an off-plan meal. It's like, okay, well, you can go for an Ando's high in protein, is you know there's there's still elements there which is healthy. Um, you don't have to go balls deep ultimately at the end of the day. There are times where I do. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, your man will sit here and smash off two pizzas uh, and not think not think twice about it. But that that is you know that's me and that that's what my decision is at the time, depending on how it is that I'm feeling. What's my intake been for the the, the rest of the day? Uh, have I trained uh, a particular difficult body part on the day? Uh, for example, legs. Do I need more carbohydrate? Do I do I need more fat? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Where's my protein requirement met? And have I met it already previously? Um, so depending on the type of food that I eat and intake will dictate on where it is that I go and get food. Yeah, and the psychological component of like the. The nomenclature and the terminology we give to these is very important. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. It's like, I don't really have liked the term cheat meal. Um, for points kind of like, as you mentioned there, but like cheat indicates that there's an element of guilt and that it's something that's off track or that you should hide or you should be, you know what I mean? Some form of remorse around. Whereas like, if your coach is telling you to have a meal each week that you don't track, what are you cheating on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're literally following the instruction. That is not cheating. So the main points there that like I always give with clients and and obviously like with myself in, in an off season is like keeping shit as social as possible and understanding that's probably the thing that you're missing and that's the thing that you crave. We're very social creatures, especially kind of coming off the back end of a prep or maybe just prior to a prep. Like the food will pretty much always be there. And you should be going for the social component and the social aspect. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and like even tonight, like my parents are coming over and I'm going to go out for dinner with them. And like I'm on prep, I'm not going to eat food with them, but like I'm there for the social component. And like that's not something I would have been able to do a couple of years ago in my last prep. You know what I mean? Because your psychology is always saying, oh, it's about the food, we're going out for a meal, blah, blah, blah. But like, if you actually just genuinely enjoy spending time with the people there and like value that as the, the the main thing that you're going for, it reduces so much stress. Yeah. I remember when I was in prep, um, I was like in the middle of shows. So it was like a month period yeah. um, between PCA to two bros. And I went out for, 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 for breakfast one morning and I had a little pair of drug, drug dealer scales in my pocket. I'm there with the toast we're <laughs> weighing it all out on the table and the, the people were just like what the fuck is he doing Look like a peeled man like I think I'm still orange from my previous show but <laughs> I wasn't mad about it and it's just like okay well if you're going to go and do that um, like ultimately you're in control of what it is you put in your mouth and you're in control of the, the consequences of that um, you know your coach gives you what it is that he needs you to go and do if you ultimately don't want to go and do that, that that's fine Um but if you are going to make a decision of like, okay, I'm going to go out for food, let's at least be smart about it, you know? And some people wouldn't go go, go away and, and pull out a, a pocket scales, you know? Yeah. I'm, not mad, I'm not mad about it. I, I know I'm, I'm making a decision here that I shouldn't necessarily be doing, but it is like, I'll make the best of a bad situation. Um, 
and it, and it is that is that mindset of where it is that you want to go and that is very much a big extreme some people just wouldn't eat like they eat beforehand you know um yeah. so it really depends and i think the the transition as well um between the mindset of of what it is that you're doing in prep to from for example dieting down in order to diet then back up for example for an off season the mindset and the transition is when you when you go from that incredibly low body weight and you're then dieting back up to try and put put weight on your your mindset definitely changes in terms of concern you know what i mean so um yeah just the, the effects and overall discomfort um and the overall look of how it is that you are physically looking different yeah so i think a lot of the eating disorders and i'm going to use that term very loosely because obviously neither of us are qualified to to talk about this in depth and if this is something that you genuinely struggle with then obviously like seek help from qualified physician or a therapist um but a lot of these like poor relationships that people have with food that that get brought out in a diet phase that get brought out in prep typically start to manifest in their off season you know what i mean so i think but like usually when people are like either excessively rigid and then they usually couple that with like the binge eating and the cheat meals. Then when they take away that kind of relief or that stress, that um, not the stressor, they take away that relief or that outlet of binge eating. Mm. And then they try to go through a prep and just kind of like discipline themselves through it. Then these things kind of like just, it, it's a snowball effect. And then by the time you're just, you're, drag, you're pulling on a dog's leash for mm. months on prep, getting that person agitated show is over you let go of the leash they go to the buffet they go fucking two weeks all inclusive holiday they come back their ankles are like water balloons <laughs> you know it's just it's a shit show you know what i mean so what you kind of want to do is make sure that you develop and maintain a good relationship with food in your off season but keeping those kind of like social meals there and um and if it is something that you are capable with i definitely encourage people to actually go out for food and like just get a coffee or just get a water you know what I mean? Like just being able to be there and understand that like the food will always be there. And that's something I found is like, I was actually only reflecting on the other day why I found this prep pretty easy. Like despite the fact that like there's so many good food places here in Manchester, like it's fucking unreal. Um, like I'd be walking down, finished off my steps and going past like fucking Rudy's and loads of really, really nice places. And you just get that kick in the face oh. <laughs> yeah but like understanding that it, it's always going to be there and you know what i mean and that exposure to it and like it's reassuring that like it's always going to be there and that's what staved off a lot of my cravings because i'm not like it'd be different if let's say i was on holiday on prep and then you're going down the street and then you see all these places and you're like oh it's now or never i'm going home tomorrow you know what i mean but like now that you're here, you're in this environment, you're going past these places every day, you're like, yeah, like, it's it's nothing. I look forward to it, but it yeah. can wait. Yeah. yeah. So. It's, almost, it's almost like, yeah, I know I can have it at the end of my off-season. Um, at, at the end of my show. Yeah. Um, but it's just almost being, like, aware of it, like, beforehand. Because it's yeah. like uh, the, the element of hoarding food, um, which is something, look, I fell, I fell foul of this in my first season. Like, um, I hoarded a lot of food, uh, after, after competitions, cookies, sweets, yeah. 
Mm. everything i ate everything and like ultimately like i didn't suffer to the degree that i know some people suffered and it's and it can go one of two ways and i'm incredibly lucky that i was uh able to stave it off but the more shows i ended up doing the less uh less post-show treats i ended up having yeah. um ultimately i just became less and less bothered by it like ultimately the, uh, the end of your first show you're just like fuck this i'm hammering that i'm taking some of that i'm taking a little bit of this and a little bit of this and then i just remember by by the time i got home from pca in birmingham like my stomach my stomach was so distended i had to come in here and have a and, and, and be sick like physically like like sick because I'd, I'd chosen to eat so much drink so much i sat in my car and ate anandos and did everything else and I proceeded to eat like free cookie dealers and then some donuts and and it's all of those things it's just like okay well I realized when I got home I was like you, you've gone too far here mate. <laughs> like, yeah. you know I think it's it's that scarcity mindset of like oh it's yeah. here you might not always be here but because you've been through that and then you learn from it and you apply it in the next situation it's like okay it, it's actually still going to be here same thing yeah. as what i was saying about like the actual restaurants and that's something i think people should do like in their off season not just make a list for after the show but like maybe make a list in your off season and when it comes around like you have a plan like for right saturday night we go out for dinner i have a list of places that we're going to go and over the course of the next eight to ten weeks we're going to go through these places obviously there's some level of adaptability like you don't have to plan all these things you can be sporadic like go out for the day on saturday and if you see a nice restaurant like go there on your way home um but i think again just keeping it like very very social but also as you mentioned there about the hoarding thing um we we talked about this a couple weeks ago i've done the exact same but as i said it gets that point of accumulation where the scarcity isn't there so that's it makes it less rewarding. So for me, what I done was those big fucking milky milka bars. I collected them. Um, it was literally a collection because I wanted the variety. I wanted to see all the different flavors like laid out beside each other. And that's thing. And like by the end of it, I had so many there that it just it didn't look appealing to me. And like knowing that there was so much and like the fact that they were there for so long was like it kind of put me off it. And what I done was fucking put it up on my Snapchat back in the day. I was like, does anyone want some free chocolate? Me sounding like an absolute pedophile. <laughs> and, um, and I ended up just giving them away. You know what I mean? Because like you're there, you see that, you see them. And you're like, right, they hold less value now because they're so accessible. And you kind of get that mindset of like the food is always going to be accessible. It makes it a lot easier. It's um yeah it's an it's an interesting one. Um, going back to like recovery though, from like a from a nutritional perspective, mm-hmm. um, recovery as I touched on previously is the number one factor that is going to create success in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, um, like genuinely, and obviously with that, there's branches of of um, what's going to help you build enough tissue. So you've got sleep, you've got nutrition, you've got um body fat percentage um and yeah everything else that branches off of that um and when for example when i bring on a new client when i'm looking at them uh and i'm looking at their body fat percentage uh it's like that would dictate to me where it is that i'm going to take you as an individual um if i'm putting you into a surplus or, or or a deficit regardless of what it is your goal so if somebody comes to me and says i want to put on, on muscle 
you're you're clearly overweight. It's like it's not physically possible for me to transfer you into an off season because that's completely suboptimal. Um, does that make sense? Um, so yeah, from 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 that from that situation, I would have that obviously have that conversation with them to be like, okay, this is what my short term, my long term plan is. This is what the short term game plan is, and then from here we will just phase it and then and then push you out from there. Um, but yeah, in order to to maximise that recovery, does have to be on point, um, and that obviously comes from from sleep and just overall rest and making sure nutrition is on point too. Yeah. What else do we have to go through? <laughs> I think I think we've covered so much of it. You know what I mean? And look, I know a lot of what we say is kind of like pretty abstract and arbitrary because there's no like specific guidelines of oh you should do this, you should do that. But like we've highlighted time and time again, it's like find what works for you like for some people from a practical perspective what i find is, is most beneficial is like especially those working like office hours or desk jobs or just a nine to five a normal person job from our perspective is like right maybe you just stick with that meal plan like monday to friday maybe saturday sunday you have some free reign or you could do something different where like okay you have a, you do your normal meals early on the day and then like your final meal you have around this many calories to work with you know what I mean so um, it really just does come down to kind of that trial and error and I definitely think avoidance of free meals and yeah off plan meals again I'm going to refrain from using the term cheat meals but trying to be too strict and too rigid is what usually exacerbates those eating pathologies and, and makes people like very food focused and just accepting and understanding like the lack of scarcity and the high accessibility of these foods should make it more comforting. Although more tempting, it should make it more comforting to know that like you, you can get these. You know what I mean? It's like context dependent. Where are you within your stage of your physique progression within your journey? Are you on prep? Are you in a improvement phase? Um, and yeah, just keeping shit really, really social. Um, because yeah when the food is always there like it's the people you probably want to spend time with especially on prep it's like you're probably not craving the food you're craving going out and, and doing something with your partner with your family with your friends so why not try and replicate that it doesn't all have to be food focused instead of just heading out for pints with the lads like just say look run out you can still go down to the pub with them if they want to play pool or whatever have a few pints you just sip on a coke zero like you're still getting some form of social engagement if you're constantly just refraining and being a social recluse, it's going to exacerbate those thoughts. And all of a sudden you're at home feeling guilty about not having that interaction with people. This kind of like biographical suspension, which is similar to what people undergo with injuries, where like they refrain from social events, then they feel guilty about refraining from social events and then that makes shit worse in their head. So... Yeah, I think they're the kind of the main points to, to kind of discuss and and to work with your coach. And a lot of these, a lot of this just comes down to like open communication. Yeah, and yeah. once your coach knows what works best for you, it's like communicate that. Like yeah. you have that plan set in place, and then like you're not going to get misguided or confused directions from your coach where he's not going to be saying, Why didn't you track this day? Why didn't you track that day? I'm like, find out what works, communicate that. Once you get it all clear, run with it. If it it's not broke don't fix it yeah i think also is like i mean I, I personally had it in the past where clients have a 
a great a track of um, of, of um, tracking, and then from that tracking, they they basically just stop, and then <laughs> everything just falls apart, falls apart. And I'm like, okay, so why? Why did you stop? Oh, well, well you know. And then all the excuses come through, and it's just like, okay, well, you still have to remain contain some element of rigidity and and structure there, even if it's just a rinse and repeat, and, and like put it through your your diary. Copy it, copy and paste it. Literally yeah. put it through, put it through exactly the same. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily need to be there in terms of like exact specifics. If you've decided that you don't want to be uh, tracking to the gram, um, and sometimes you do have to track to the gram if you're in, if you're in prep, you better be cracking to the gram. You know, like uh, yeah, exactly. There's little pinches of rice coming out, which is breaking your soul. You know, shit. Um, you know, yeah, but it, it, it do, you do have to have an element of rigidity and and discipline to it. Um, so don't be surprised when you're not getting the results because ultimately, you know, people. There's a saying of, you know, your 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 physique's made in the kitchen. It's true, and but also is it's true, and but it's also not. It's like your physique is made in the kitchen to a degree, but there's so much other stuff involved with it. But I think having a understanding of what it is that you're putting into your body, uh, because ultimately a calorie is a calorie. Um, you know, there's a way of optimizing it for sure, but the vast majority of people don't need an optimized plan. Um, it's just a case of what's going to work for you um because yeah. optimizing something it it, it may be if number one vastly expensive <laughs> number two they're just like i don't understand why i need all these like intricate pieces uh and you know etc so it's um yeah it, it's just like as you say what works for you and that's that's the vaguest answer in the world realistically isn't it yeah. right? it's, uh, it, is it is unfortunately the truth and yeah. that's quite dependent and and that's where working with a, with a coach for a long period of time, that coach can learn everything about you, but that requires you as a client, for example, to talk to your coach uh, and dictate that to them. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, lots of people don't want to tell you about what they've been eating. That's personal. You know, food is a personal thing and, and it's a cultural thing. It's, a, it, you know, it, it's something that makes you happy. It's, it's something that makes you, you eat when you're sad. There's a lot of emotion around it and, and and that's a part of the drivers for for individuals when they're for example on plan or off plan yeah and i think it's about understanding the kind of dimmer switch approach and i think we talked about this in the last episode in psychology is like finding where you are and it's not that you have to be tracking every single day to the gram or you don't track and you don't know what you eat but like maybe finding that middle ground and knowing like right i'm not going to track on these particular days but what I am going to do is eat very similarly. You know what I mean? So then you know, right, I'm still going to be within this ballpark. Maybe what I'm going to do is stick with this meal plan, but I'm going to have, I'm going to change my fruit and veg source each day. And then maybe I'm going to change my protein sources. Again, like for like, you have your lean meats, you're going to swap chicken breast out for turkey mince, you're going to do steak instead of salmon, whatever it is, something that's a similar swap, but doesn't actually require you to track because it's it's essentially going to be very very identical to the food that you have replaced it with, um, but yeah, it comes down from the weeks and months prior to that of tracking. Right now, I know what two hundred and fifty grams of potatoes looks like. I know that that's around 
50 something gram of carb what would be another equivalent i could put in a bagel i could put 60 grams of cream of rice whatever it is you know what i mean so um getting that exposure tracking your food but then also reflecting on like right what does that food provide me what are my other options or alternatives in case i don't want that food yeah i i think ultimately there is that flexibility um but like even for myself i won't do that like I won't give myself flexibility. Um, and I wouldn't say I've got a food focus. It's just like, I like to be precise. Um, especially like when, you know, we, we, when my goal is X, um, I want to know I'm, I'm to the point. Like I want to know I'm to the point, even though I eat the same things every single day. Yeah. <laughs> like I know why I'm breakfast. Yeah. Huh? You don't want any doubt in your mind. And I think no. a lot of that comes down to like, how busy you are and how worthwhile and what emotional investment do you have in your food? Like, does it really cause much internal conflict with you if you eat the same food every day? Clearly not. For some people, that might be an issue. So for them, it's like, right, you can do these things. You can make some adjustments. But um, for you and your situations, like, right, my goals mean it doesn't make sense for me to have so much level of flexibility, adaptability, variety. Like I'd rather just kind of nail this shit daily, double check it via tracking. Yeah. Get on with my day. I've more important. Literally that, literally that. Like I have a huge reliance on, for example, um, you know, I had uh, stomach issues. Yes. Um, Yeah. Like I was being sick and vomiting, et cetera, et cetera, which basically turned out it was a, a hiatus hernia but it's still ongoing and being investigated. So if you don't know what hiatus hernia is, it's basically where your stomach's gone through your diaphragm and it just creates another pouch, which is where food basically will additionally get stored, which will create sickness, um, which is less than ideal. <laughs> like, yeah. um, especially when you're in your peak off season trying to put on weight. And it's just like, I went through a period of like three months where my body weight just did not move when I was being sick daily, if not two, three times a day. Um, it wasn't fun. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, fortunately it's, it's kind of more under control now but it, it's it's that digestion uh, issue and i think whatever food you is that you're eating your ability to digest it and and uptake nutrients is the most important thing it doesn't make a difference if you're just slamming in thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of calories if you're not digesting it if your appetite's shot to shit if you're if, you know these are all considerations that you need to have as a coach when you got a client in front of you, it's like, okay, how can we make that better? Like I have a huge reliance on fruit juice now, for example, like smoothies, because of the, the ability for me to digest that and get the calories in. If I drink in seven, 750 ml of, of smoothie, uh, that's 100 carb, done, easy. Uh, and that's not even something that I have to physically eat um, because carbs have more volume. <laughs> like ultimately, you yeah. ask me to eat 100, grams of, 100 carb of rice, that's, that's, that's vastly different than the 750 ml of, of, of smoothie, you know? Like, as long as the, the consideration is of, of blood sugars being managed, that's all that matters, really, you know? And as long as you're still digesting, as long as you can still go to the toilet, um, as long as everything else is there and all these other boxes are ticked, um, that's, that's, that's all that really needs to be considered. And I think that's one of the things that, with check-ins as well, like I ask clients, it's like, how many times have you been to the toilet? Do you have any digestive issues? Do you have any, um, have you been sick this week or you had any element of sickness? It's like all these elements of points of reference are there in order to kind of give biofeedback to us as coaches to, to make sure that, you know, if there's a, a trend over a period of time, we can look at it and be like, okay, well, let's look at your food. Let's look at 
this. Let's look at that um, and then and, and bring that to the attention of an individual. Um, yeah. yeah. That's thing. It's like just nailing down the basics. And then once you get to that point, it's like right now we start to dig in deeper, optimize. We look at like where your food sits within the day relative to sleep and wake and, and training and proximity to facilitate digestion and, and all these other factors. But again, don't miss it. Don't miss the forest by looking at the trees. You know what I mean? Like get yeah. the picture, look at what's important, overall energy balance, overall kind of social or psychological engagement or comfort with your nutritional setup. And yeah, don't overthink it. Like I think a lot of people who emphasize so much on their nutrition and talk so much about nutrition need to be focusing on their training. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair though, it's like at the, at the end of the day, training intensity is a huge effect. There's only so much you can do with nutrition. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can nail your macros, but again, if you're not fucking training well or consistently yeah. with intensity, like fuck all is going to happen. You know, yeah. so yeah. Um, your nutrition is just kind of setting up that recovery basis, but you can have all the recovery, no stimulus, and nothing happens. Yeah. Um, that's the segue into next week's episode. We will discuss training. Um, and yeah, same as always, guys. If you have any feedback, any questions, ping them through to us uh, directly on Instagram. Um, show notes, comments, all that shit. Appreciate the listen. Take care. Much Thanks, love. guys.